I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Going to have a fun week this week on Book of the Day. We are going to cover book series. Uh, should you read them? Can you jump in in the middle? Should you start at the beginning? Should you skip them entirely? <laughs> we're going to talk to our resident book critic, Steve Donahue, all about this. So we're going to start today with uh, spooky stuff. Ooh, stay tuned. There's a carnival barker on that one. All right, here we go. <laughs> Right up, look at our book critic. All right, <laughs> but don't feed him. Um, <laughs> welcome back to Book of the Day. We're already having fun here. You people weren't even invited to that party, and we're so glad to be back. And here's Steve Donahue in uh, Boston, and uh, he is a book critic, and he even admits to it most of the time. And it's true, uh, unlike a lot of podcasts that you may watch where the host and the executive, the producer, hate each other until the cameras roll. We're cracking each other up with bad dad jokes right away. <laughs> we just have to remember to hit record, but right, it's right. not any different. And my producer and I are both having quintessential Monday mornings. This, uh, our Monday mornings are not leaving us alone. They're working our one last good nerve. And I'm going to take that out on Douglas Preston. <laughs> Get ready, sir. No, I'm actually not. I'm actually not. No, no. But we are talking about something fascinating here. And it's something that will be visible to library patrons because libraries like to have books in series. Yes. All of them on the shelf. We do. Not like with bookstores where that often isn't the case where you'll be picking around for whatever happens to be there. And that is the question of books in series. Yep. What do you do with books in series? I'm curious to uh, uh, to ask you. So we have an argument going on right here, a running argument. And um, on our shelves, and this seems like a small thing to most patrons, I'm sure, but to library people, this is life or death. And that's, um, I want to have series on our shelves in order of the way the series should be one, two, three, four, five, six. Whereas my my compatriots 
uh, a few of them would like to have them in alphabetical order. That galls me to no end. I need the series on the shelf <laughs> in publication and or series order. But, you know, who comes in and says, I need to read C in the uh, Pendergast series. <laughs> series order is permissible. Publication order is de rigueur. And your colleagues who insist on alphabetical order are clearly Bolsheviks. I love it. <laughs> Spike them all. <laughs> I'm sorry that they hate America. I, I would like it if they would change their minds. But that is just an abomination. I feel the same way. But what? And now that you've vented, that wasn't actually what I was going for. You're to vent your, your Must be Monday. I know. We can't get away from the grip of this horrible Monday. What, when you encounter a book and you suddenly realize that it is the fifth or the sixth or the tenth book in a series, what do you think? Oh, it's brutal, Steve. It's brutal because I look at it and... I don't care who it is. Like, God forbid I pick up a, a, a uh, not Nora Roberts, whatever uh, iteration she calls herself, an in-death book number. <laughs> now what? <laughs> so I went back to the beginning. I think Naked in Death is the first one, which was immediately attractive to me. And uh, it was, I thought, well, I, maybe I should have started at number 29. <laughs> So um, I do I do feel the need and the compulsion to backtrack and read up well, to. Okay, so yeah. does, does if you encounter a book mid-series, way mm -hmm. down in the number, high up in the number of a series. Sure. You mentioned J.D. Robb. J.D. Robb. You. you hint at perhaps a lack of, well, <laughs> uh, narrative, character, believability. English vocabulary. <laughs> the, the list is long. What if you would encounter book number 10 or 11 in a series and really like it? Would you be then extra motivated to go back and start at the beginning? Well, here's so here's my confession, uh, <laughs> Father. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I would never start a series in the middle. I never have oh, in my life. Okay. I never have in my life. What about your patrons? They also seem a little squeamish about that. I've had the conversation with them too. And um, but you've mentioned on your YouTube channel, Steve Donahue at YouTube, that um, if an I'm gonna watch, but don't subscribe. <laughs> no, he's he's put off by the because <laughs> he has to do a Q and A. I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> uh, no, you have mentioned on your channel. Even before. though I, I'm not a YouTuber, I am wondering if my producer has ever heard of NordVPN. <laughs> I'm telling you, a little about Squarespace, they've changed my life. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Yikes. Oh no. Um, so, no, you have mentioned on your channel that if an author, author with any metal at all or any. Uh, you know, true color would, would, um, you wouldn't need to, you should be able to jump into a series whenever, if right. it's an author who's, I often you know. cavalierly say that, but it's when you try to do it, that you realize how hard it is. Mm. Try doing a daily, let's say if you'd have to be crazy to do this. So I'm, it's a purely hypothetical situation, but let's say you were doing a chapter by chapter daily read through of the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And you knew as just a presenter, a storyteller, a critic, that you had to synopsize what has gone before every day. It becomes harder and harder to do. It becomes essentially impossible. 
if you or I or anybody encountered someone on the street who said, you know what's awesome? I started reading the Lord of the, Lord of the Rings, but I started with the Two Towers. We'd all go, ah. <laughs> it would just be odd. <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> I think writers of books and series approach that problem in one of two ways. They either lean all the way into it or they try their hardest to construct the superstructure of the series so that mm -hmm. it doesn't become a problem. Mm -hmm. And our, our team today, the Pendergrass novels, definitely does the second. Mm -hmm. The yeah, reason, yeah. the way that you would lean into it is to just make every book an ongoing part of a personal story. Sure. Think about Janet Ivanovich, for instance. Yes. Her Absolutely. latest books, you know, 21 skidoo or whatever <laughs> you absolutely have to have read at least the last 10 books before yeah. understand anything that's going Definitely. on in it because it's just consciously continuing a personal story yeah whereas the pentagast novels are about a main character who just comes in and solves crimes yeah or we, we talked about lee child same way absolutely yeah. where uh jack reacher has no past that he's willing to disclose to anyone so yeah you it doesn't it doesn't so much matter if you encounter a reacher novel or a pendergrass novel and it's number 10 it doesn't so much matter yeah As he's not the draw no well he's the draw but only in in the sense of how he's going to react to a new environment something yeah. that he doesn't know anything about you don't know anything about it has nothing to do with you know the fact that his long lost uh, biological nephew had a, a violent evil twin that they had a fight on an Eiffel Tower and, right. and whatnot in the rain and and hey do you remember that and I'm I'm gonna remind you of it I'm not gonna describe it to new readers and it doesn't happen to any nothing like that happens. Yeah. Uh and this is the Pendergrass books much like the Reacher books, although the authors would howl in outrage. It was an accident. This was an accident. This was just giving readers what they want. That's all I think that's what most books in series come from. Yeah. They come from the author realizing, oh, hey, people like this. Okay, well, yeah. I'll keep doing it then. Right, right. You read Relic. Yes. Douglas Preston's great, great novel, Relic. Oh, my God. If, if You patrons and listeners out there, if you haven't read it, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> talk about a great thriller. Yeah. A great, somewhat, it's not really supernatural. Preston and his various collaborators like to, like to, they like to dabble not in the supernatural, but in the, cryptozoology yes absolutely it's not yeah. that, the, that the creature or the revelation in the book is supernatural it's that it's not known to science right. it is still a natural object or creature but the relic who am i <laughs> <laughs> and this this character is, plays a part in that novel and was just yeah. really popular so off, well, off we go <laughs> <laughs> off to the races <laughs> absolutely which which raises another question for me about the library. I'm sorry that I'm doing all the... the no, it's good. <laughs> have you... I mean, you talk with your patrons. Yes. And for their sins, they probably talk to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> do, you do you have any that, that will not only go conscientiously go back to the very first book in a series, uh, but also binge the series? Where they'll they'll start it and they'll read they'll pick up nothing else until they're done. Yes, yes, yes? they do. Yes, they do. Uh, it's amazing when they come in. We call them the duffel bag patrons. Oh, because they, <laughs> get, them all. Yes. they get them all. So, is it true that with really popular books in series at the library, oftentimes they'll all be gone at the same time? Yeah, we have. I mean, so if we're talking popular, so like Baldacci's got his Memory Man books and all that kind of stuff, and Connolly has his, uh, you know, Atlee Pine meets whatever, right. well, all that stuff. Yeah, right. Um, 
Yes, uh, but we have uh, multiples. So luckily, there's still always one on the shelf because you almost have to. So we'll have two of each. Um, certainly, if we head over to the uh, peas uh, in the what I like to call the Patterson monolith that we. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, I can't imagine uh, Alex Cross needs to be started from the beginning. You don't have to start with a long game of spider. No. And, and I think it's like our patrons know that for some reason Patterson gets a pass. Yeah, you yeah. know, right? If you, I would imagine that that people are pretty comfortable with Reacher too. Yes, yeah, certainly. But, yeah, the Although... are really enjoyable and endearingly dumb. No <laughs> yes. matter where you start, anywhere yeah. in any series. Yes, certainly. I picked up one about 15 years ago to see if I was missing anything. We get uh, two paragraphs about how a super assassin is in Grand Central Station. Yes. He's the best at what he does. Of course. He's a ghost. No one knows that he's there. That's how good he is. That's how, how great his situational awareness is of the entire world. That's why he's untouchable in the ruthless world of world-class assassins. And he goes into the men's room of, of Grand Central Station in New York City. And he's at the urinal doing his business. When someone comes up and shoots him in the back of the head. <laughs> and I think we can all agree that no matter how skilled you are as a world-class assassin, coming from behind? <laughs> Who could even imagine? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> well, I question the logic of this ghost being in Grand Central Station in the first yeah. place. Yeah. But that's just more the, the, the world class cryptologist in the Da Vinci Code. Right. We're told for uh, dozens and dozens of pages is the world's greatest uh, enigma cracker. And so he is able to get to the bottom of the, the, the code at the climax of the book because somebody you see had written the words backwards. Nope. <laughs> Not backwards. Yes. How will oh, we right ever? Bro. You can. <laughs> That's dirty pool. How am I supposed to break it? It could be worse. They could have equated uh, letters to numbers. <laughs> but in, in Relic, Relic plays very strongly on the fact that you, if you have ever been to the American Museum of Natural History in New York mm -hmm. City, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how rational you are. It doesn't matter anything like that. It doesn't matter how long you stay. You, when you walk out of the building and you're going down the stone steps to try and get a taxi in the rain, the one thing you're going to be sure of is not what a great exhibit or what a great special show or anything like that. You're going to walk down the stairs and before the kid whose hand you're holding says it, you, the adult, are going to say out loud, that building is haunted as F. <laughs> so, so the setting for the relic just sells the book. It just makes it work. You, you completely believe 
that there are creatures lurking in the tunnels underneath the American Museum. Outstanding. <laughs> That's great. But uh, when you mentioned, you mentioned just then, just offhandedly, how many series there are. You can just look in any direction and see them. I think that underscores another attraction of books in series, which is that, and it explains why so many of them, is that they are very comfortable. Yes. You, you yeah. know what you're getting. Most times, I, th I would guess, most readers of books and series don't even really want any ground-shaking revelations mm -hmm. about their main characters. They don't mm -hmm. really want that. They just yeah. like the comfort of it. Absolutely. Here's where he's going to make a quip. Exactly. Exactly. Sort. Yeah, I, I think I, I've always uh, worked with, uh, you know, co-workers who uh, wring their hands and say, what is it with this Patterson guy anyway? And I always tell them that it's easy. It's television. This yeah. is episodic television. And people, there's a comfort there. And we are providing, and he and he and we are providing remarkable comfort for people. So yeah. let's not complain about Mr. Patterson. He's bringing no, people No, and on a couple of other <laughs> levels, too. Because it's it's like television, but it's not television. It's reading. Yes. It's yes. as basic <laughs> as reading gets, but you it is the spell of reading. Yeah. It's a very rudimentary form of that. But who knows how many thousands of readers of James Patterson who loved him because he's easy, then put a book down and thought, you know, I might like something that's not quite so easy. Absolutely. They're not going to turn to TV. The spell came through books. They came yeah. through reading. They're going to go for something a little bit better. Oh, you bet. Absolutely. I mean, the 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 path from uh, Patterson to Baldacci to Grisham to I mean, it's just it's a it's it's a winding road that may actually one day lead him to Dickens. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, it, will, it will lead you to better <laughs> practitioners of whatever that genre is. Sure. And then that will in, almost inevitably lead you to older yes. practitioners of that genre. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would never have thought, oh, God, for decades, I would never have thought that I would ever say this about any author. But James Patterson makes Robert Ludlum look like Tolstoy. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they're writing the same kind of thing. So, right. you know, and and if you go from Patterson to Ludlum and you're thinking, well, this is it's a lot more textured and I really like that, but it's awful sludgy. <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. well, Frederick Forsyth is sitting right there. Right on. Yep. You know, yep. he's he's right there. And John, uh, the spy who came in from the cold, uh, John LeCarré. And you go to John LeCarré where the yep. books are actually really good. Really good. <laughs> they're actually trained literary critics will say yeah. that they're really, really good. <laughs> Certainly. So, yeah, definitely, as long as we're talking about books and series, let's yeah. make sure that we stress that we are not belittling them no, at all. No, certainly Nor not. their current king, James Patterson. He, yeah. he, is, he does a lot. And I don't think he has many airs about I don't think he puts on many airs about whether or not he is the be all and end all. Oh no, 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 no! He's uh, he knows what he is, and I've seen some actually really nice interviews with him where he just says, you know, and he'll, he'll say, "My my literary heroes are are nothing like me." <laughs> but but uh, since we've both been bitten on the hiney by Monday. <laughs> And since, thanks to both our genetic heritages, I'm guessing we don't have much Heine to spare. <laughs> uh, surely we should include some negative here in our, in our little love fest about books. <laughs> we should include a few Monday morning notes. Our viewers are uncomfortable because they're like, "Where's that one yes, thing?" Oh yes, the, the, the negativity. Where is that? I. <laughs> I mean, I. We have both, by random chance, had the 
pretty a pretty Monday, Monday morning. It's uh, the, yeah. the type of thing that's going to take the rest of the week to recover from, which is just what <laughs> Mondays aim for. That's what all the little Mondays at school hope that they will accomplish with their life. It's the kind of a Monday that doesn't end on Monday. Uh, so maybe a negative or two? Please. The number one <laughs> negative, I think, for books and series yeah. is comes from the first part, the, the, the first kind that we talked about. Although it can happen in the second kind, the kind where everyone is just a, a self-contained episode. But it, mo it mainly comes from the first kind where every book is basically a new chapter in a right. book that has been going on for a decade or more. Absolutely. And the yeah. main fault with books like that is that they incredibly encourage laziness on the part of the author. If you know, okay, the readers already know what they're getting. Right. I only need to move around a couple of pieces of furniture here. They're still going to buy it. Even if they complain about it or Goodreads, they're still going to buy it. Exactly. I'm on. I'm on. Uh, I'm starting book five of Act Two. That doesn't exactly yield, I would think, great results. Literary, <laughs> great literary well, results. You know, you're not yeah. motivated to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, know, you get to a certain point. I mean, it both both kinds of books and series are guilty of this. Uh, you might think that the the standalone, basically the standalone books and series, this seems like a contradiction, but you know what I mean, where the character is plugged into a new situation, a Jack Reacher type thing, or a Pendergrass sure. type thing. They're less guilty of it, but even there, your character develops certain quirks, They develop, there are certain things you want to say about them, what do they drive, what do they do, certain things that they're going to do. It's not a Jack Reacher novel if he doesn't right. crush somebody's nose. Uh, it is a Pendergrass <laughs> novel if he doesn't talk about food. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a writer, you start to realize, well, everybody's waiting for that. They're not going to like it if they don't get it. And it can be done on autopilot. So yeah. I'll do it on autopilot. It's a check for me. So I'll do it on autopilot. But yeah. that's nothing compared to that danger when, with the other kind of books and series where you barely need to do anything. After a certain point, you barely <laughs> need to do anything to, to keep people hooked because it's, a, it's not just TV. It's a soap opera. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Those work on me. They really, really do. They work on me. They, they, they try my patience, which is pretty tried already. <laughs> Some of them, sometimes it works out really well. Yeah. Jane Langton, for instance, her, uh, or no, Donna Leone. Her oh, right. Her Commissario right. Brunetti mysteries set in Venice are very much along those lines. Time really doesn't pass. Brunetti is not bucking for a promotion. In, we haven't had a book where someone, you know, tortures and stabs his wife or anything like that. Right. Or, or, there's nothing like that at all. It's just it's just Brunetti up against a new mystery. I think right. uh, in Inspector Gamache is uh, right. definitely falling in that uh, right. <laughs> trap a little bit, too. And a series I like, I actually have enjoyed uh, by and large. Yeah, I find the second kind much more enjoyable. Yeah. I, I would rather that the author repeat a few ticks mm -hmm. about the character than that I have to remember you know, what Snooky did in the dive bar in book four, <laughs> right. or I'm not going to be able to, to know what's going on. I, I would much rather not do that. I really want to read the book with Snooky in the dive bar, but let's, uh, <laughs> moving on from that. So, uh, final question, the most, really most important, and they probably get this uh, all five days this week, is um, with uh, Preston and Child, um, do you start with the, do you have to start with the relic or can you jump in anywhere and do you feel that people are, are missing anything, any of the no, experience? The gas novels, are very much along the lines where you can jump in anywhere. It doesn't yeah. sound like your patrons are going to believe me. It sounds like we they're going have to work anyway. <laughs> we have but, to convince them somehow. <laughs> in the case of the Pendergast novels, 
I you, <laughs> you you don't have to start with relic. But in the case of the Pendergast novels, and because your reading time is so, so precious, I would start with Relic and then stop. <laughs> okay, any, uh, okay. He's not interesting. He's yeah. not like Reacher in that way. He's not interesting. No, no. I uh... I would start with Relic. You're going to love it. You're absolutely going to love it. Yeah. And then not read anymore. It's a long series. Don't feel committed. Long. long but it series. also sounds like your patrons are the adorably type <laughs> A type, where if they start with Relic, even having heard me say that, they're still going to want to read the whole thing. I think because you said it, they're going to want to read the whole thing. You know things work around here, Steve. <laughs> this is our first rodeo. <laughs> So there we are. All right, folks. Well, that's the uh, that's the Pendergast uh, books, uh, Preston and Child. You can find them uh, on our second floor under P. Um, not quite in the right order yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm fine. See, steady as a rock. It doesn't enrage me at all. <laughs> Your colleagues who insist that these books be in alphabetical order by title really need a visit from Jack Reacher. <laughs> Look, Bangs. all I do is I show up in a small town, I fix what's wrong, and it don't get much wronger than this. There'd be so many broken noses here on Hanover. Yeah, there'd be broken noses everywhere. His forehead would be getting tired from all the noses he's breaking. Although I'd imagine that librarian noses break a lot easier. It would be amazing how brittle. It is shocking. <laughs> Shockingly brittle. All right, Steve, that's a Monday. It can only get better from here. Let's see how we do. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. More series tomorrow. This is a great topic. I'm having fun already, so uh, I think we both needed this. All right, take care, everybody. Till tomorrow.